one person goes to the next level, it's worth it. If one person gets out of prison, it's worth it. If one person gets a breakthrough, it's worth it. And that's why a church like this scares hell. Because we're not afraid to take a Tuesday night and say, God, if you're moving, we're going to move with you. Dripping off My. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a holy visitation. about deserving it we need to realize that he just does some things because he loves us and uh, when I finally got the revelation that God loved me it exploded something in me and I've never been the same it's not religion it's not just Bible-believing people, nothing wrong with that, but it's so far beyond its relationship with the God of the universe that created you and I in His image. Praise God. Well, I do have something to deliver to us tonight that has been on my trail all day long. I've not been able to escape this. And um, so we're going to talk about a few things. I don't really think I'm going to be preaching or speaking all that long. Before I read my text, Elder Neff from Oregon. I love this elder gentleman. He's an extraordinary Bible teacher. We'll be here on Sunday. Elder Neff will be here Sunday and Tuesday. And then a week from Sunday, Brother Ari Prado will be here. And then on Pentecost Sunday, one of my favorite preachers of all time, Brother Wade Bass, will be preaching here on Pentecost Sunday. And uh, yes, it's going to be a tremendous time. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. My cup is just overflowing tonight. I'd like to draw your attention to Acts chapter 3. <clears throat> to all of our visitors and to those of you that are now, you're just, you're just regulars. It's good to see you tonight. Mm-hmm. Praise God. We encourage everybody. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Could I have a bottle of water? Just one. You don't have to run. Our, our visiting uh, ministers are so impressed with these cadets because they run, not just the aisles, but to serve. 
they run the aisles, but they also run to serve, and that, that impresses them. Praise God. Thank God for these dedicated young men and Jesus' name. Acts chapter number 3, <clears throat> beginning in verse number 1. And when Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame, from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms or an offering. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk now I'm going to tell you why that whole sequence is important is because the world even in a religious setting is coming with preconceived notions about what they want but God is going to give you what you need. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms or offerings at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which happened unto him. Going back to one verse of scripture and then we're going to pray and you can be seated. Thank you for standing so long. Verse number two. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, carrying the cripples until the miracle comes. Jesus, we love you, we praise you, you're the God of everything. I pray tonight that you'll give this incredible group of people a revelation from the Spirit of God. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Carrying the cripples until the miracle comes.
This is a amazing scripture. One miracle. One miracle creates an incredible uproar. In Acts chapter number 4, verse number 4, as the result of that miracle, the Bible said, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. From one miracle. The reason why it was so notable is because in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 22, it lets us know that this man was over 40 years of age. The community knew him. Community had looked into the haggard eyes of need day after day. Here's the ninth hour of the day, three o'clock in the afternoon. The Jewish day began at 6 a.m. And he's there as he had been for many days, many weeks, many months, and more than likely many, many years. One miracle that takes place after the day of Pentecost. Now what's interesting to me is this group of people that saw this man that received his healing in the temple. He's leaping. He's like we were just running the aisles. I can just see this. I can just see this man that had never walked, never leaped, never stood, never stood up without assistance. I can see him trying out his newfound strength. And the people that were in the temple were amazed to see the man that they had become so familiar with that was sitting on pavement was now in the temple praising God. But interestingly, in this passage of Scripture, even though they were filled with amazement and wonder, it did not say that they praised God for that. Um, You already know this. But when people come to visit Cornerstone and see what has just happened around here, even tonight, they don't understand that we are not doing this for them. We're not doing it to offend them. We're not doing this to impress anybody. We're doing this because we have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And there is a relationship with God there that is not, it cannot be externally deciphered or you can't figure this out. It's something beyond that. It's a dimension. You receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You are ushered into a dimension. And that's what happens around here. And that's what makes an apostolic church so unique in the world in that 
we are worshiping God in spirit and in truth. We are not going through some religious mechanics that is a carryover from um, the Reformation period and then discombobulated in, in the 20th century and now in the 21st century where uh, 21st century theology is rapidly changing and it's changing to meet the needs of culture. The reality of it is culture is changing theology instead of the word of God changing the human race. I think the answer for this world is not another term of Donald Trump. I think it's to come to the altar of repentance and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If this nation was to receive the power of God, oh, what would that be like? So, this man, an incredible miracle has been done. They did not rejoice over this miracle. They said, by what name or by what power has this been done? Instead of them rejoicing. But I love, I, I was reading this and I just thought, oh, I love this. The apostle Peter, he, he looked at him, he said, this Jesus whom you crucified. He's not done with that message. He said it in Acts chapter 2. He's not done with that message. The difference is when Peter preached it in the book of Acts, chapter number 2, there were 3,000 that gladly received his word and were baptized. And here in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12, they were not happy over this message. They were not happy that there was a man that had been sitting on terra firma for 40 years supposedly, begging. He's never going to be married. He's never going to hold down a job. He's never going to experience flying a kite with his children. He's never going to experience playing ball with his grandchildren. But he is now leaping and walking. And if I could say this, I know I'm extrapolating from the scriptures, running. He's probably doing this. We take for granted such basic elements in life. Go walk the halls of Sacred Heart Hospital and you'll take a lap when you come in on Sunday. Go look at people in ICU that are hooked up to a ventilator and you and I are here. Everything that have breath, let it praise God. Not trying to put you on a guilt trip. Just trying to put it in perspective. We've got strength. We've got breath. We've got a revelation. Somebody give him praise. And Brother Tim Kilroy's got his healing. Praise God. It's an incredible chain of events that changed this man's life and destiny forever. And it started with the fulfillment of a prophecy. The promise is unto you. Jesus saying in Acts chapter number one, that you shall receive power. Because there was a prayer room in the or a prayer in the upper room. They received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
Now what's happening in Acts chapter 3 is an extension of that dynamic movement that took place. Still in the earth, ladies and gentlemen. What would happen if every person sitting here tonight went on the job tomorrow or the supermarket or the mall or school or wherever? I don't have what you're looking for, but I have what you need. The real hero in this story is not Peter. The real hero in this story is not even the man that received his healing. The real heroes in this story are the nameless, faceless group of people that were committed to take this man and lay him daily. Just within proximity, hearing prayers, hearing the reading of the Torah. I don't know if it was family. I don't know if it was friends. I don't know who it was. They're, they're, they're not even mentioned here, but I can just imagine that it was probably, more than likely, his family. They probably had to help him get dressed. They had to help him put his sandals on. They had to help him get his tin cup or whatever whatever it was that was used to take the coin. Those are the heroes. According to this message tonight, those are the heroes. There are people that are like this in this church. And I have come here to talk to you tonight. I have come here to tell you that I love and appreciate you more than words can convey. I shed tears. I stood on this platform here just several moments ago and I saw, we do this every service, and I was just watching. I was watching the church interact. It's so healthy. Uh, there's such a healthy, if I could put it this way, um, I'm not trying to be anything, I'm just, but there's just such a healthy vibe in this church of just people greeting each other, and it's sincere, and it's without dissimulation, and it's without hypocrisy, and it's without, uh, it's without, any, it's just pure. And a healthy apostolic church has got to have that element. There are some of you uh, in preparation for this uh Tonight, I was in my office, and I was thinking of some. Um, there, there are some that are older. There's some that, and there's others. I'm not trying to leave anybody out of this. I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to. I, I don't want to mention some people at the expense of not mentioning others. But I do want to say this: there are many, many, many people that go out of their way to try to work with people that are imperfect, and that is the will of God. 
Let us never become so caught up with the cares of this life and, and, and our day timer that we cannot look across the aisle and reach over and maybe lay the hand on a show. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight. This is, this is a characteristic that has to be alive and well in a genuine apostolic church. And I thank God that it's in this church. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. You may not see it. You may not be doing it. But I see it and I thank God for it. Carrying the cripples until the miracle comes. At the risk of, of I don't know what, but I just want to give a little bit of my personal testimony. You've heard me say it before. I'm very open about this, have because I know, I know that God knows that I know. And if, if I know that God knows that I know, then I have a responsibility to express. I wouldn't be here tonight if it hadn't been for a group of people like I'm describing here tonight. Now, in fact, um, Elder and Sister Sergeant, when I go to the Rock Church to visit, which is just about once a year, when the service is over or there's a break or whatever, I begin to scan the audience, the vast audience. And I don't try to be unfriendly. You know, you know, people know I'm from that church. Oh, there's Brother May. Oh, hi, how are you? But I'm scanning while I'm greeting. Hi, how are you? I'm scanning because I'm looking for faces. Because I still remember, I still remember that when I first found God, I was crippled. I was not whole. And I want to tell you, somebody that goes out of their way and will carry you, you will never forget them. I think we ought to take a moment right now and lift our hand. Everybody, if you can scan back into your humble beginnings, you will remember that there were people. There's people in this church, you don't even think they're watching you, but they come up to you after a service and put their arm around you because they've got to burden somebody. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Bible says, owe no man anything, but I'm a debtor. There's a lot of people that helped Brother Rick Mayo because I was really messed up. Well, they ought to just go pray. You just go pray. They ought to just start fasting. And ladies and gentlemen, that fixes a lot. Prayer and fasting does fix a lot. But there's something that nothing else can do. And that is the human touch and human compassion and human intercession and human intervention. I'm going to preach tonight. 
Because I'm coming against every lying devil that's trying to isolate some of you and keep you out of, the, of what God is really doing. This thing's about to explode in the midst of a world where people are addicted, people are bound, people are hurting. Where's uh, Sister Nyla? Where's Brother Darian? He's in bed? Is he sick? Okay. If you, this is a public service announcement from the pastor. Please get sick on Wednesday. I'm just having fun. I'm not making light of him being sick. I'm just being a pastor. Pastor, we're sick. You can't come to church. Can't you get sick on Monday? I hope you took Monday off if you didn't come to church on Sunday. Oh, I can't do that. Pastor, I'm going to disappoint my boss. What about God? Oh, let's not go there. Brother Darian, you make sure that you go home and tuck him in tonight. You pat him on the head and say, Pastor loves you. Sister Nyla, I remember calling Brother Darian long before he ever came back to church. I said, I love you. Now, I'm not trying to say I'm a great guy. But somebody has got to be a connection for somebody. And look at him today. He's not here for me to have him stand up or I'd have him stand up, but he's a tremendous family man and being used in this church, and we love him. I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's home. I'm going to tell you, you have to go a long way with some people because they need time. Well, they ought to just, they, they, didn't they hear the preaching? Yeah, what, you, didn't you hear the same preaching? You still got issues. You still got struggles. You still got things you're working with. Why don't, come on, somebody, help me out tonight. I, I don't want to pastor the, the, those kind of apostolic churches where it's cookie cutter and everybody starts being fake to everybody. How you doing? It's not real. It's not genuine. Listen, just understand God loves you. God's not going to give up on you. God's going to work with you. And we're going to work with you. We're not going to walk away from you. We're not going to bail out on you. We're not going to drop you. We're going to the finish line. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Whatever it takes, you've got to make it. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands and give God the praise. And I owe a debt to the church of the living God because there were people that carried me. Bob Thorpe. Got to know this guy. Man, what a deal. You just got to know this guy. There's just people I just love. I just look at them. I start weeping because I remember. You ever get removed 
from that thread of thankfulness. You ever allow your life to become so hard that you can't get to those humble beginnings? Cornerstone is that kind of a church. I've seen people in this church go up. I'm not going to mention names, but I'm just telling you, I watch, I watch, I watch. And there's some that are coming on, and you're catching it because you're walking in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is on a mission every service. You see somebody, they look down. Yeah, you're not going to go home and say, what's wrong with so-and-so? I bet they messed up. No, 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 no. You, you go over. You lay, put your arm around. You got a word for them. Hey, let's pray together. God loves you. You know what? I'm with you. You know what? You know what? Yesterday is gone. Today is here. And tomorrow belongs to God. Get up. Keep walking. I'm with you. Call me if you need me. I'm here if you need me. Somebody clap your hands. This isn't in a foreign language. This is what it takes to build a real church. If you don't feel connected, it's not the church's fault. People want to, they want to blame the church. I don't feel connected. I don't feel loved. You know, a, fr- a friend has to show himself friendly. Got to start with you. If you don't want relationships with people, just, you don't have to do much. But you're missing out on what God is doing. Well, this group of people ain't perfect. Which one is? That's not what God's saying about this group of people. That's what the devil's saying about this. The devil's got all this. He's got this list of why we can't have revival and why the backsliders ain't coming home. I rebuke those lies right now. I'm telling you, we're going to have a revival of backsliders that's going to shake the pew right off their foundations. The devil's doing everything he can to keep him from a place of love and a place of forgiveness and a place of restoration. I remember somebody years ago, I was an evangelist on the field, and they called me up and they said, man, I just can't go back to church. And I said, why? He said, because the, the faces that are in my brain, I, all I see are the church people. And, they, and, they're not, and they're not smiling. They're not happy. They're scowling at me. They're disgusted with me. I said, that is a lie of the devil. What the devil does to backsliders when they wake up in the midnight hour and they feel that hollow sense with fear in their soul is the devil starts showing them somebody's face and mocking them and making fun of them. I rebuke that lying spirit. I curse it. I send it to hell. I bind it in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs to shout right now with a voice of triumph and give God the praise. This church is being raised up for one reason, and that is to carry the cripple until the miracle comes, until salvation comes, until the glory comes, until the victory comes, until the breakthrough comes. Let's just lift our hands and love him. Let's just love Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you think of one or two that played a part in your bridge 
Let's love him again. I love you, God. You're everything. You're inexhaustible. You're never troubled by us. Scripture in the Bible, the story of a, of a man that comes to, has a friend that visits him at night. And so this man goes to a neighbor and knocks on the door. The guy says, what do you want? He said, I've got a friend here, family member. Somebody's here, they're hungry, and I need bread. There are some people that God puts in the church solely enabled by God, supernatural, to give bread. And the reason why they come to you is because they know you're closer to God. They don't have another door to knock on. I'm excited about this. It's alive in this church. Galatians chapter number six, <clears throat> verse number one says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, it didn't say just everybody make a running mad dash. Not everybody's spiritual. The book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah the prophet said, You are physicians of no value. Not everybody. I need to navigate right here in with with wisdom. Because I don't wanna I don't wanna suppress. Anybody really trying to help. But, but there are some people that are not qualified to give spiritual answers where people are. Heard the story um, years ago of a man that was on vacation. He, he worked in Houston. And he was on vacation in Mexico. And he was driving around in a, in a, in a Jeep that had the top off. And he took a turn way too fast. And... The threw him out of the Jeep, and the Jeep had a wreck, was totaled, and the man is laying several feet off the side of the road. He looks lifeless, and a couple Mexicans, men driving by, saw this, looked like a dead man on the side of the road. They just said, okay, you take his hands, and I'll take his feet, and they Threw him in the back of the truck and took him to the morgue. And so he's now at the morgue, and the man there is preparing him to do what they do at the morgue. And he saw that this man was breathing. He was still alive. And 
because he was mishandled, when he was hurt, beyond hurt, but he could not move and could not take care of himself, but because he was mishandled, he now rides in a special wheelchair that costs tens of thousands of dollars. And the only thing in his body besides his eyeballs that move is his tongue. And he has a special device that's hooked up to his tongue that, that moves that wheelchair to the left, to the right, forward, backward. Because he was mishandled. There are some people that have been bruised and battered on the road of life that don't need just anybody coming up just saying, God told me to tell you this or this or that or this. Get out of the way. And with that being said, I am not trying to be negative towards people that really have a burden. But if you have never, if you have never walked people through that incredible process of absolute total brokenness and devastation, you should just stand back and let somebody that's lived for God a while and has had to pray through some dark nights and has had to cry through some dark nights and had to have God put their life together, it's best to just stay in the background and pray. And please, somebody help me by saying amen. Because there are some people that are broken. They don't need a bunch of advice. Just caring. Well, pastor, I, I was talking to so-and-so, and they gave me this advice, and you're giving me a different bit of advice. Well, who are you going to listen to? Galatians 6 and 1. If a man be overtaken in a fault, this is not someone that is constantly giving themselves to sin. This is somebody that makes a mistake. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself. You know, some of the best healers are wounded healers. I mean, Jesus was bruised for our transgressions, wounded for our iniquities. He became wounded so that we could be healed. And there's people in the church that go through things in life that they didn't ask for, but God trusted them. And God saw a greater purpose in their life with them going through that experience. Peter, Peter was probably a nice guy, but when you got him in a crowd, he was impetuous, he was presumptuous, he was loud, he was arrogant, he was prideful. Well, all the stuff that you guys are doing, but not me. Yeah, everybody else has got a problem but me. Peter fell flat on his beak. And Jesus did that for a reason. When Jesus threw him the microphone on the day of Pentecost, it was on purpose. Because he preached to thousands of people that just put Jesus on a cross that felt like there's no hope. And he said, hey, I understand exactly how you guys feel. But if you'll repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost.
people that carry others understand that somebody carried me. Considering thyself, lest thou also be. You know, one of the reasons why there's such a lack of the spiritual gifts is because you have to, you have to manifest, you have to have fruits that are equal to the gifts. Let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. Um, the gift of the word of knowledge. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, those are the knowledge gifts. There's nine gifts. Three are knowledge gifts. Three are vocal gifts. Three are healing gifts. I'm persuaded we would see a lot more prophecy and the word of knowledge if people would learn to keep things to themselves. Oh, did you? God just showed me something about old brother Dingbat over here. No, that ain't God. That's the gift of suspicion. You've been operating in that for a long time. And that ain't God. But you got a little following around you of people that are weaker than you are in personality, and they think that you got a spiritual gift. Oh, I thought I was doing good till I just got anointed. And if you're anointed, it's because you're appointed. But some people are not anointed, they're annoying. Everybody's got a word. The guy at the pool of Bethesda tells you that the word of God has been blessed. Wilt thou be made whole? Well, I can't because I need the supernatural. No, there's some people that just aren't going to trust it because it's in the Bible. I got to have an angel. I got to have the moving of the waters. I got to have public assistance. And then I'm going to get healed. Jesus said, get up. Grab your bed. And start walking. And then go out and get a job and get a life. Oh, that's too simple for some people. It's got to be spooky. We would have a lot more of the supernatural if people could learn to keep things to themselves that God gives to them. But see, God has to learn to trust us. There's things I know I'll never, I'll never say to another human being, not even my wife. There's things I know. That's all part of the call. And to a certain extent, what you're seeing manifested in the physical and this, the growth and what God's doing here and, and, and other places, it's because God has learned to trust a man. There's some things I know about people that I just keep loving. They don't even know that I know this about them. The worst thing that a leader can do is tell people everything that God shows me about them. God says, you know, I thought I could trust you. God expects me to work with that person on knowledge, and that person not even know what I know. But I'm doing this because I'm going to carry them till the miracle comes. And when that miracle comes, they that rejoice, I can rejoice with them that rejoice. I can weep with them that weep. There's some people that can't shout when someone gets the victory. You're, you're in your own prison. You can't weep with 
We, we sang a sad song. We, we, we danced a sad song. We did a sad Jesus said, I can't make you guys happy. But a person that is operating on that level, that is carrying cripples on all different levels, can rejoice with them that rejoice just over baby steps. And he can weep with them that weep because, because of the sorrow of knowing where they're at. The complexities of people that are coming in that back door, ladies and gentlemen, it, 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 it could, it, it's beyond psychology. It's beyond psychiatry. It's beyond the Department of Mental Health. It's beyond man's ability to figure it out and deal with it and, 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 try, to, and try to deal with it. It's so far beyond. Some of it has spiritual roots. Some of it, some of it only God can do it. Some of it, it takes time. Some of it, you got to stay on the operating table. Some of it, you got to give God time. All of us lift our hands and just love Jesus. I'm almost done. But I am so thankful. I am so thankful there's people that operate in what I'm describing here tonight. And you know who you are. And we would not be who we are and where we're going without people like that. And there's some of you that God's raising you up to be that. But it takes a level of maturity. you got to get delivered of your own deal. you got to get your eyes off yourself. One man said, a man that's full of himself is a pretty small package. Galatians 6 and 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Not getting together with your buddy and talking about, yeah, I had to pull the transmission on that old truck. and Yeah, where are you guys going fishing this weekend? Man, that restaurant downtown's got good burritos. Weren't the tacos good on Sunday? Street tacos, laced with love. Straight from the barrio to Cornerstone. Street tacos. Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. How can that be the law of Christ? Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Jesus is saying, since you've discovered that about me, I want you to do that for somebody else. Well, I can't, man. I'm, I got this going on. I got that going on. I'm trying to ease my mind. I don't know. You don't pray. You barely come to church. You don't come to revival. You don't come to the altar. You don't earnestly try to be renewed, regenerated. I'm preaching right now. I'm trying to help some people. The only way you can get out of your cage is to say, I'm getting out. I'm staying out. I'm not going into that cage. I'm going to accept what God has for me, not what the devil's telling me that is mine. Come on, somebody. There's all kinds of people that don't have the maturity level that you have. And God requires of us to bear one another's burdens. And it cannot truly be an apostolic church in a self-centered, selfish, hedonistic, narcissistic world. Where people are so caught up on what's, on, what's going on their their cell phone and 
how many hits do I have on Instagram and who likes me on Facebook and nonsense. Just, just It's so far from the principles. You that are with us and you're brand new, stick around a little bit. Let us carry you. You know, it's hard to carry somebody that's giving you an elbow in your ear. I've been around a few people that are in wheelchairs. It's like, push me faster, go slower, make a right, make a left. And it's not please and thank you. Go, do it, do this. And it's like, man, when's this going to be over? You know, if other people are carrying you, you should be a little bit nice about it. And say, you know, thank you, thank you. I appreciate this. You know, I can't do this for myself. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's all part of the law of Christ. It's not only the law of doing, it's the law of receiving. Freely we have received. I'm going to receive with humility. Thank God for this. I appreciate this. Nobody else has done this for me. Thank God for this church. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for loving me. Go ahead and clap your hands. You ever get removed from this principle, you're going to wonder why you ain't growing. You're going to plateau so fast and think it's everybody else's problem. I'm here to tell you it's your problem. You have plateaued. And Jesus said unless until you get involved with working with other people, there ain't going to be any more flow. The air conditioner is going to get turned off. I want to tell you, one of the fastest ways to get the victory again when you're feeling all boxed in is go out and just witness to somebody. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off the lies the devil's convinced you of and say, hey, listen, listen, let me talk to you. Let me take you out for a cup of coffee. Let me show you something in the Bible. Let me give you my testimony. Let me take you to church. Let's go out for lunch. Let's do something. And all of a sudden, the passion comes back. The excitement comes back. I can feel God again. I feel anointed. I feel like witnessing. I feel like talking to somebody. God is still alive. Clap your hands and give him praise. Woo! Hallelujah. Verse number three, Galatians 6. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. In the context of this scripture, we all need each other. Not just because I need you to tell me how to replace the bearings in my truck. But I need you to give me, give me something spiritual. Give me something. Give me something. I need something. Next verse. Verse, verse 4, please. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Next verse. For every man shall bear his own burden. Now, it almost looks like a contradiction because in verse number two, he says that we are to help others. And then in verse number five, he said that we are to, every man will bear his own burden. What does that mean? I'll tell you what that means. There are some things in my life that I will have to bear myself. And there's things in your life that you will have to bear. 
good and bad. But with dignity and with a level of spirituality. While I already have that understanding, it's not going to stop me from fulfilling the law of Christ and helping where I can. If I see a need, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 1, then I'm done. Carrying the cripples. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. See, when a man thinks himself to be something, he's really nothing. You don't, you're too proud to tell people where you're really at. So that God's body can help heal you. How you doing? Hey, man, what's really going on? I miss you at prayer, miss you at revival service. Where you been? Nobody's heard from you. What's going on? You can't help a person like that. You can't bear the infirmity. When really on the inside, what all God's requiring of you is to get back in relationship with the body. And then all of a sudden, the blood flows and the anointing flows and the victory flows. And all of a sudden, man, I'm not doing as bad as I thought. And God still loves me. And I feel him again. And I've got joy again. And I, I have purpose again. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Carrying the cripples until the miracle come. Let's stand. And let's lift our hands. Cornerstone is healthy, not perfect, but this spirit is alive and well in this church, and I thank God, but God's trying to bring other people into this that calls the backslider, visits those that haven't been here for a few weeks, and always willing to hook up with people, always calling making sure that a backslider feels welcome. What if everybody was doing that? What if everybody was whole? It can be. Let's lift our hands and worship God. But until that comes, I'm just going to keep carrying years. But the pipe, if it takes years, I'm going to do it. If it takes years till a guy gets his eyes opened, I'm going to do it. If it takes years till somebody gets the victory, I'm going to do it. Nobody can be thrown away. Nobody is worthless. Nobody is expendable. Nobody. Carrying the cripples until the miracle comes. This altar's open. Let's come and pray.